Hi everyone, I'm Tom Woodbridge. Great you're able to join us for our service today, especially if this is your first time engaging with Inspire St. James Online. One of the things that I think is, has really annoyed people uh, over the last few months as we've uh, gone through coronavirus and, and lockdown and social distancing and restrictions have been the times when public figures have appeared to contradict the guidelines that have been set by their actions. For example, we've, we've seen health figures who have, have lost their jobs because they've gone against the guidelines by uh, visiting other people or, or visiting second homes. We, we had the big fallout with Dominic Cummins when he appeared to contradict guidelines that, that he was involved himself in producing by his actions. And it's not just public figures, is it? It's anyone who, who says one thing but does another thing. It can be so frustrating for us. And it's often an accusation that can be levelled at Christians. They're hypocrites. They never practice what they preach. They say they believe one thing, they say one thing, but then they do another thing. What we do doesn't necessarily match up with what we believe or what we say. And in our passage today, James warns against this. But it's not just a, a general warning, as if just, just be careful about this, just watch out about this from time to time. Now, did you hear the strength of the warning? Maybe it came as a bit of a shock to you as you heard it in the reading. Three times in the passage, in verse 17, verse 19, and verse 26, James says, faith without deeds is dead. Faith that's not accompanied by action, well, it's useless. It's dead. It certainly cannot save you. It's such strong language. Do you feel the shock as you read it, as you hear it? And for some of us, we, we may hear that and think, but, but hang on. Weren't, weren't there Bible-believing Christians in the past who, who have fought and, and have died to hold on to this truth that we are, we are saved, we're made right with God by faith alone? I mean, isn't that one of the central truths of the Reformation? Isn't that one of the central truths of, of reformed Bible-believing churches like in Spy St. James? That's what we're built on. And so a passage like this can raise some pretty big questions. Am I saved by faith alone or by deeds as well? What does faith even look like then? Am I saved at all? And so whilst James raises these questions for us, he also answers them for us. And so let's get into the passage and we're going to see two things. First, James shows us the signs of counterfeit faith, and then James shows us the signs of genuine faith. And both times he gives us two illustrations to help us see what that looks like. So first then, counterfeit faith. James opens with two questions. Verse 14, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? And the answer is a big no. Faith without deeds cannot save. James confirms that in verse 17. He says it's dead. 
What does that look like? Well, he shows us in verses 15 and 16. Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Andy brought this alive for the children earlier, but, but dwell on the image. What good is it if someone has faith but no deeds? Well, it's like someone who comes into our church. You, you'll need to use your imagination because we've not come into our physical church building for a while now. In, in fact, maybe you did this morning for communion. Imagine it. It's like when you were there this morning, someone else comes into the church from our church family. And, and they've had a really tough lockdown. They felt lonely. They've been in need of, of food and other things. And you just feel, oh, I can't really be bothered with this person. I, I want to catch up with the people that I get on with and I, I haven't seen for so long. And so you, you kind of say some well-meaning sentiment to them. Oh, I, I'm sure it will be all right. I, I hope you're okay. And you quickly move on to the people you really want to hang out with. And we say kind words, but we don't act on them. Well, James has a stark warning for us. What good is it? Well, verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Kind words... But kind words alone, when we could have done something about it, well, it's a sign of counterfeit faith, of fake faith, of dead faith. But James says counterfeit faith isn't just seen in our relationship with other people, but it's also seen in our relationship with God as well. The passage moves on. There's a, a, an imaginary interrupter, if you like, in verse 18. And he says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. It seems as if he's asking a kind of clarification question. It's almost saying, but James, we all have different gifts, don't we? And so some may have great faith. They're, they're the thinkers. They're the academics. Others, well, we have deeds. We're the doers, and that's all right, right? But no, try showing your faith without deeds. But James says, I'll show you my faith by my deeds. That's how you see my faith. Because, well, faith on its own? Well, here's the warning from James in verse 19. You believe that there is one God, good, even the demons believe that and shudder. Here is one of the central truths of the Bible, one that in the Old Testament the Jews would have recited, one that the early Christians in the early church would have continued to recite, one that Christians around the world today continue to recite also. And yet that is not enough. Even the demons who are against God, they believe there is one God. But what does that result in? They shudder. Total fear. Believing one thing and yet not producing action or producing action that, that contradicts what you believe is useless. 
I can remember uh, when we were in the, the full lockdown period, reading reports of, of people who fell foul of the rules. It often seemed to be footballers. Maybe that was just the reports that I read. Now, we can all make mistakes, but I remember one that was particularly frustrating. There was one player who, who produced a, a video appeal to people, to his fans, encouraging them to, to obey and live by the lockdown restrictions. And yet the very next day, he was caught by police around the house of, of one of his friends, saying one thing, maybe even believing it to be important, yet not back, backing it up with action. And James says, when it comes to the Christian, well, faith without deeds is dead. And so these verses call for some serious self-examination, don't they? When it comes to how we relate to others around us, can there ever be a detachment between what we believe and how we act? We heard last week about the challenge to, to not show favoritism, to, to love our neighbour. And Jesus said this himself. He said, our neighbour is anyone we come into contact with. And James here focuses it in on those within the church family around us. Are we stopping short of, of helping those in the church family who are in need? Maybe those who are, are lonely feeling the effects of isolation. Maybe those who are in some kind of need, needing physical help, a, a visit, a call, some food. It's been so wonderful to hear of some people in the church family who have been using their bubble to bubble up with others in the church family so they can care and serve one another. But it's not just how we relate to other people, it's also how we relate to God. Is there ever a danger in your life of, of giving a profession of faith, but not following it up with action? James warns here that counterfeit faith, fake faith, can be merely sentimental, wishing something, someone well, whilst doing nothing to help them. And it can be merely professional, stating a belief in God, yet not letting it make a difference to the way we live our lives. And James warns, this faith is dead. It cannot save. So if this is counterfeit faith, what then does genuine faith look like? Well, James goes on to show us in our second point, the signs of genuine faith. And, and James, as he starts, almost preempts the question from his readers. And maybe it's from us too, as, as we get to this point, we're thinking, really? Faith without deeds is useless, is, is dead, is no faith at all? And so James says, yes, let me back it up with evidence from scripture. And so first he shows us Abraham in verse 21. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, 
and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Our Abraham's a good person to go to when you want to show what faith is. You see, Abraham was one of the patriarchs of the people of God, one of the first fathers of God's promises to his people. He is the father of the nation of Israel, the father of the people of God in the Old Testament. And here James refers to two events in Abraham's life. In verse 23, James is referring to Genesis 15, when God appears to Abraham and makes promises to him. He says, your offspring will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And he says, even though your wife is unable to have children, you will have a son called Isaac. And Abraham believes God. He trusts him. He has faith. And as a result, it is credited to him as righteousness. He is right in God's sight. But then, in Genesis chapter 22, the unthinkable happens. God asks Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. But this can't be right. It's through this son that God's promises to Abraham will come true. How's this all going to work out? But Abraham continues to have faith. He takes his son Isaac up the mountain. He binds his son Isaac to the altar. And just about, just as he's about to sacrifice Isaac, God steps in. He says, you don't have to do that. I've seen your faith. He affirms Abraham's faith. And so James says, do you see it in verse 22? This affirms his faith. It's faith and actions working together. It's faith that's made complete by his actions. But what James says next in verse 24, well, this can create a bit of a problem for us. Do you see it? You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Because this seems to completely contradict what it says in the rest of the Bible, especially what Paul says in his letters that we are saved, made right with God by faith alone, not by deeds. And Paul is emphatic about this. Yet here, James is emphatic that faith without deeds is dead. Who's right? Does it even matter? Oh, it sure matters. This is the heart of Christianity, the heart of the gospel, how we're made right with God. But if we are to look at it closely, we can actually see that it isn't Paul and James going against each other. Whilst they are talking about similar things, they're not talking about the same thing. You see, Paul is clear. We are justified. We are made right with God by faith alone. This is how we get right with God, not by anything we have done, only by what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. And James isn't looking to contradict or or correct Paul here. No, he may be actually looking to correct some followers of Jesus who have heard Paul's teaching and are maybe taking it as license to, to live however they want, 
thinking, well, we're right with God, so it doesn't matter if we sin. And maybe we've fallen into the same trap sometimes. Knowing, trusting that we're made right with God through Jesus and through faith alone. And so thinking, well, maybe that can lead to being complacent with sin. Complacent with how we live our life or how God calls us to live. Well, Paul himself challenges this this in his letter to the Romans. He says, being saved by grace through faith alone, that gives us no license to sin. And so here, James isn't talking about how we are saved. No, but he is talking about how we can tell if someone's faith is genuine. James knows we are saved by faith alone. But to see that faith, well, that is always worked out in deeds. Faith comes first. James knows that. He knows that Abraham was counted as righteous in Genesis chapter 15 and shows that in action later in Genesis chapter 22. But how do you see that someone is right with God? Well, verse 24, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. And even Jesus mentions this in in Mark chapter 2. He acts when he sees their faith. Faith is visible. Faith is seen in our deeds. We are saved by faith alone. But saving faith is never alone. No, saving faith is is worked out in deeds. Abraham shows this as he acts on his faith. And so we can see that he was considered righteous by his actions. He shows total obedience to God and to his word. But it's not just Abraham that James shows us. Now, James gives us the example of Rahab too. And in using Rahab, he he couldn't have chosen a more opposite example. Abraham is, is a major Bible figure, a patriarch, a respected Jewish man. Rahab is a is a minor participant, a prostitute, a, a poor Gentile woman, and yet is a wonderful example of faith being seen in her deeds, someone who lets their faith work out in action. The story is in Joshua chapter 2. The people of God are getting ready to enter into the promised land and so they send spies ahead of them to spy out the land and Rahab risks everything in looking out for them, in taking them in, in saving their lives. She reaches out and takes into her own care those who are in need, regardless of the cost to herself. Here is faith accompanied by action. Here is faith and actions working together. One of the the encouragements, it seems, of the recent Black Lives Matter movement and the demonstrations It seems to be that there is some action. You see, it seems for for too long people have been saying, well, you say you're against racism, but let's see you do something about it. 
And so finally, people seem to be moving. Finally, people seem to realize that we need to take action to ensure there is racial equality for all people, that it's a reality. And don't get me wrong, there's, there's sadly a long way to go, but the signs seem encouraging. There's not just belief. There's not just well-meaning sentiment. There's action. And James says here, genuine faith will be seen in action. So do we see the contrast that James makes between counterfeit faith and genuine faith? In relation to God, well, counterfeit faith may make statements of belief, but it doesn't lead to a changed life. In fact, it just leads to fear. And yet genuine faith as seen in Abraham, well, it's, it leads to obedience to God in all areas of his life. And it doesn't lead to a fear of God. No, it leads to friendship with God. Verse 23. I wonder what areas of your life you may need to, to just look at to see if you're giving total obedience over to God. To, to let your faith be shown in action. Maybe, maybe you have faith that, that you can depend on God in, in all circumstances. But in action, well, when tough times come, you can find yourself turning in on yourself and thinking, I'll get through this myself, I'll do it myself, and, and not depending on God in prayer, for example. Or, or maybe you, you have faith that, that only God can bring true satisfaction. But in action, you find yourself looking to other things to bring you a satisfaction. Maybe you have faith that, that belief in God, only God can bring true meaning and a true identity. Yet in action, you find yourself looking to other things around you to build your identity on. Let's give total obedience over to God. But not just how we relate to God. James shows the contrast between counterfeit faith and genuine faith in how we relate to others around us. You see, counterfeit faith can, can speak well-meaning words to those in need, but it doesn't do anything. It's a dead faith. But genuine faith goes out of its way to look out for those in need, like Rahab, especially those within the church family. It's been a common theme in James so far we've seen, a concern for the poor and for those in need. He can obviously see that that's not happening in the churches that he's writing to. I wonder what he would say about Inspire St. James. I think he'd be encouraged when he hears what we've heard about Diana and Elizabeth and others getting involved in the mutual aid group. It's great. But maybe he'd still challenge all of us. What ways can you fall into the trap of, of well-meaning sentiment but fail to back it up with action? Oh, how can we do it? 
Is it, is it only possible for like big hitters like Abraham? Now James shows that it's not just big hitter Abraham. It's the total opposite Rahab. It's possible for all of us who humbly accept the word of truth inside of us. Possible for all of us to have faith and to live it out in action. Well, why don't I pray for us that we may do that? Father God, thank you for the challenge from James. That faith without deeds is dead. May we take time to examine ourselves the areas where we may say we have faith, but fail to live that out in action. And so may we have a faith that shows itself in action, both in how we relate to you and also how we relate to those around us. Please help us to do that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.